0: Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Are you looking for ways to improve your Bible study time? Sharpen your skills by taking part in one of our many workshops happening across Canada. Beginning in January, we have workshops at our training center in Brantford, Ontario including How to Study Old Testament History and Prophecy on January 12. You can then use those skills by joining our study program on Daniel Part 1 during the week of February 11-15. to Be sure to ask us about a special bundle price when you register for both of these workshops at the same time. Has your life been changed by inductive Bible study? why not invite someone to learn the inductive method in our Teach Me to Study the Bible workshop on January 26th. Looking for a Bible study class? Starting January 22nd, we will be offering a weekly Bible study class through the book of Hebrews being held at our training center in Brantford, Ontario. Interested in hosting a workshop in your church? Contact our events team today by emailing training at Ministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's Word to your community. For more information and to register for any of these workshops or classes, head over to our website at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.
1: Welcome to Unlocking the Truth. Uh, Mark Sheldrake here with Derek K. Mink. It's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. I hope that you are getting ready for a wonderful celebration, maybe heading off to church Mm -hmm. to worship uh, the Lord and the promised uh, birth of Jesus. I love Christmas Eve in my house. We go to my aunt. Uh, who's in her 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been going and holding this tradition for 43 years, wow. Derek. I've been going there since the day I was born. <laughs> and, uh, but my aunt has moved out of her nice house where we could hold 30 to 35 people. She's moved into a senior's condo. Oh,
2: there you go. Lots of room.
1: Not a lot of room <laughs> for 35 people, but we still go and sing carols and, and sing praises to the Lord and. Have a wonderful celebration. Hmm. What do you do Christmas Eve?
2: Well, this is the first Christmas in a very long time that I'm not pastoring a church. Um, so I don't have to do the Christmas Eve service, but um, we're we're traveling back to Winnipeg to spend Christmas with uh, my wife's family. Um, so we're looking forward to, uh, to a good time there.
1: It's going to be good. I remember the first time in 20 years that I wasn't pastoring on Christmas Eve. Uh, it was... Very weird, actually. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what to do with myself. I know I went to church,
2: yeah,
1: but sitting on the other side of uh, the service was very interesting. It was also cool to not be the last person out of the building. That's right,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Everybody's hanging out and talking, which is fantastic, but you're last. Yeah. You're last to get home, yeah. and it's late. Um, I wanted to uh, start our podcast today, because just a good transition from in our churches, I used to read a poem on Christmas Eve to, to our churches, and I, I thought it'd be great to start our podcast with uh, this poem, and then we'll we'll pray and we'll begin. But uh, this poem, uh, Author Unknown at this point, I can't remember, it doesn't say uh, who wrote it, but it's called, "'Twas the Night Before Jesus Came." And I don't know if uh, anybody who's listening with us has ever heard this, but let me uh, run through it for you for, for a couple minutes. "'Twas the night before Jesus came, and all through the house. Not a creature was praying, not one in the house. Their Bibles were laying on the shelf without care, in the hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And mom in her rocker, with baby on her lap, was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day." The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning, just like he had said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life which he had held in his hand was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. When he said, it's not here, my head hung in shame." The peoples whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound. With all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried and they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life, and when comes the last call, we'll find the Bible was true after all. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you now as we uh, celebrate this wonderful day, the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. On the eve of Christmas Day, we are so thankful for your Son. We're thankful that you sent him uh, to this earth to be a sacrifice for our sins. Father, help us to remember the truth of your word now as we look at uh, a few passages in the Bible, all referring now to who your son is as the light. In your name we pray, amen. So Derek, as we get going, I thought we could uh, just read Isaiah chapter uh, 1, verse
2: 18 to get us started on where we're headed today. Mm -hmm. It says, uh, come now. And let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are like crimson, they will be like wool. Prophet Isaiah is pointing forward to a time when our sins are going to be forgiven. The provision that he gives through his son Jesus Christ that, um, that our sins mark us and stain us as scarlet um, and like red crimson, but... Through Jesus Christ, they are removed and we are changed. We are changed from someone who is stained by sin to someone who is now completely washed clean uh, and made white as snow uh, from uh, those sins that we had. You know,
1: we talked about last week on the podcast about covenant and how covenant was broken and how uh, there was a desperate need for a savior and... uh, we're not going to get into it, but you know, just this uh, week, somebody gave me a gift and it was a book called Hidden Treasures in the Bible and uh, talked about the reason for the virgin birth. It might be a worthwhile Google to go and look at that book and to fully understand why uh, Jesus had to come through a virgin birth. But we do know that Jesus had to come and the reason he had to come, was that there needed to be a sacrifice for sin, just like Isaiah says. And so I thought it was only um, a good thing for us to go back to school, back to doctrine school, Mm -hmm. and and begin to get some sound doctrine on the coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so Hebrews, and and let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. If you've never studied the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews... Uh the main character, the main person we would be putting a cross over throughout the whole book is who? He is Jesus. Is Jesus. This whole book is all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It sets us up for really understanding the doctrine of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 1, God spoke. Uh, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions in any ways in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he has made the world. Mm -hmm. So good inductive Bible study students, we look at this and we
2: say who and what. Mm -hmm. So who are the who's? Well, the who's we have God and we have Uh, the fathers and the prophets, and we have us, and we have his son, Jesus. And so then we we look at the, what do we
1: know Mm -hmm. about them? Well, we know that God, for uh, a time, spoke through the prophets. We know that to be the Old Testament prophets. Mm -hmm. So God gave his message through the prophets, and the prophets gave it to the people. But in these last days, which I love that reference to the last days, That is the time of Jesus' ascension, really basically from his arrival Mm -hmm. uh, to his ascension, to his return, is the last days. And it says from that point that Jesus entered into this world as a human being, he began to speak to us um, through his son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So God's word came through Jesus from the moment he came. And yeah. that's what we're celebrating, is it not? That mm-hmm. we're celebrating that moment of when God sent his son Jesus to this earth and the baby was lying in a manger. That is the beginning of the time in which God would speak through his son.
2: Yeah, and if we keep looking in in Hebrews, um, I think sometimes it's easy for, easier for us to understand the relationship between God and His Son by separating them. Um, but what we see in verse 3 is that you cannot actually separate Jesus and God. So it says that, uh, that He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature and upholds all things by the word of His power. When He made purification of sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. And so what we have in this person of Jesus Christ is not um, just a piece of God or it's not a picture of God. It was God who came. And at the Christmas season, that's what we see in the manger. We see God in human form, in the most vulnerable form of humanity in a baby. Um, But he didn't just come to speak. He came and verse three says that he made purification of sins and we saw that in our Isaiah text. That he came and he made our sins from scarlet to white as snow Uh, and then it says he sat at the right hand of the majesty on high and when he finished his work uh, he went back to sit with his father
1: yeah and i believe that uh, bible tells us and scripture tells us that he was made lower for a little while Mm -hmm. and when his work was done he was exalted to the right hand of god i mean We have to just ponder this for a moment, Derek. Like, we've got to stop Mm -hmm. and really think that through. God, Jesus, Mm -hmm. one, you know? Yeah. And in Him, as Colossians says, in Jesus and through Jesus, creation came into existence. Mm -hmm. He made the heavens and the earth. So that means all the way back in Genesis that Jesus was present in the uh, creation process, which certainly blows out of the water any person that would ever say that Jesus was plan B, Mm -hmm. that he was not uh, in place from the very beginning. And so uh, it amazes me. And this is what I... Even this Christmas, with uh, you know, with our team going through Hebrews and and uh, just really sitting back and and understanding, is that in that manger was God
2: mm-hmm.
1: as man. He was in the manger. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking back to the very fact that Moses, when he was um, on Sinai, that he never saw God face to face when he was meeting with him in the mountains. Uh, When Moses wanted to see the glory of God, when he said in Exodus, show me your glory, and Moses saw God's back, Mm -hmm. and just seeing his back, his face shone to where he had to have a veil over it because it was so bright for the people, never saw the face of God. And then in the manger, you've got shepherds and Mary and Joseph. We know the wise men didn't come for quite a while later, but they too saw Jesus. Mm -hmm. They were staring God in the face. That is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 1, I just wanted to go back to what you already read, but it's the radiance of his glory, yeah. the exact representation. I think Philippians chapter 2 talked about how he was in the form right. of God. Mm-hmm. And that word form in the Greek is the word morph, which means that for in order for you to morph into something, you have to spend time with that individual mm-hmm. so that you can model that. That means that Jesus had to either spend time with God or be God to be able to be in the form
2: of God on earth. Mm-hmm. Aren't you blown away? It's amazing when you actually sit and think about it because I think we all, we all know that and we'll all say, yes, Jesus is God and he's the son of God. But when you actually have to reason through what that actually means, this, the Christmas story is more than just the birth of a baby. It is, um, it is the arrival of God here on earth. It is Him setting forth, beginning this, the redemptive plan that He has for his, for his people, that He's had since the very beginning. Um, and now we see it starting to, uh, you know, we see those first sort of steps happening uh, in the, the Christmas story.
1: Yeah, and I, I keep going back to this word radiance. Mm. And I think about Moses and his face, how it shone so bright. Mm-hmm. Um, radiance seems to indicate to me a bright light, yeah.
2: something shining in a very dark world. Well, and and you you can't miss it. It's some. It's not a dull light. It is a bright, shining light that that you're going to notice, and you're you're going to have to to look at it. Yeah. In
1: the beginning, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God.
2: Boom! Yeah, there's no question. <laughs> Jesus is God.
1: Yeah, look, verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Mm-hmm. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being That has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and it did not comprehend it. Therefore came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light light. so that all men may believe he was not the light. John the Baptist was not the light, Mm -hmm. but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but God." The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw His glory, the glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth." I mean, Derek, what is John telling us in these 14 verses of John chapter 1?
2: Well, again, we have this pointing to who Jesus Christ is, and we have this contrast between light and darkness. And it says that not only was he the light, but he was the true light that comes into the world and enlightens every man. So his light shines on the entire world. Um, What's interesting here is that it says that he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet uh, the world did not know him. That there were still people uh, in the world who saw him, who heard him, and yet still rejected him, still missed that he was the son of God, that he was the promised Messiah, that he was uh, the savior, the one to bring uh, forgiveness of our sins and, and peace to our world. And uh, what we see is that, you know, those who did receive him, those who believed in his name became children of God. Um, but what we're, what we're seeing here is that Jesus Christ came and we have this, again, this picture of Jesus being the light, a light that cannot be ignored, a light that cannot be uh, turned off, and a light that exposes uh, the darkness of this world. And that's the beauty of Hebrews chapter one. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to say,
1: okay, well, when we look at John, good Bible study students ask questions of the scripture and they say, well, how did Jesus enlighten the world? Mm -hmm. Well, the way that he enlightened the world was long ago, God spoke through the prophets. The prophets spoke the message of God to the people. But now in these last days, Jesus is now the spokesman for God. Mm -hmm. So every time Jesus speaks, he speaks the words of the Father, and he brings truth which enlightens and opens the world to the way that they should live in light of glorifying God through their actions. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is fantastic stuff. Yeah. That when we look and we say God was present with us. And that's the thing. If you think back to the poem that I read, the whole thing about the poem is the guy missed yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He he missed whether he ever the poem, the the author of the poem was ever present. I don't think so. I don't think he was alive when Jesus was around when this was written because mm-hmm. it's to the tune of yeah. The Night Before Christmas. But in his lifetime within the world, he missed the truth of Jesus mm-hmm. until the point of Jesus comes back the second time mm-hmm. and it's too late. He won't be missed that time. Yeah. yeah. And and what we've got here is we've got Jesus' own People, the Jewish people looking for the Messiah missed the coming of the Messiah when he came the first time. Mm -hmm. They did not recognize that Jesus was the Son of God. So let's continue to break down that Jesus is the light. John, what does John chapter 8, verse 12 tell us? Uh,
2: Jesus. uh, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. I love how Jesus so simply lays out um, what it is he came to do and how we are to respond to him. Basically, look, I, I'm the light, you follow me, and you're going to have life. Um, and he, again, we have this contrast of the light of Jesus Christ and the darkness of the world. Uh, and we have this, uh, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. And so he's giving us an opportunity to leave the darkness and to walk in his light, to, to be in that radiant glow of Jesus Christ and to receive not just light, but he says um, to have the light of life, that He promise of eternal life.
1: So we know that
2: Jesus was the light in the world. And he says in
1: John 12, because we want to transition to, to how we, we live out these truths. John 12, verse uh, 35, he, he's referring to himself and he says, So then Jesus said to him, for a little while longer, the light is among you walk while you have the light, so that the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of the light. What we do know is that Jesus, while he was on earth as man, as according to Hebrews, it tells us that he, God spoke through Jesus and gave the truth. So we know that light was among Men, Mm -hmm. but we also know that that light was, I guess we could say, extinguished when he ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. So the light's no longer in the world, but the light now shines through us. Mm -hmm. And so it's vital for us to know, especially at this point of the Christmas season, you know, like. If people are fully listening to this on Christmas Eve, I say, well done mm-hmm. for listening on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And so the next day, tomorrow, Christmas Day, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be spending time with your family. Yeah. So how do we reflect that we now, who are privileged, as First John tells us, to be called the children of God, mm-hmm. children of the light, because we have Jesus in us, how do we reflect that light mm-hmm. um, as we move through this Christmas season?
2: Yeah, and I, I think sometimes, especially with family, the temptation uh, is if if we are maybe the only believer in our family, the temptation is to to sort of hide. That light of Jesus in our life, because well, we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, or we don't want to, uh, you know, to make to make people uh, not want us around anymore, because we're always talking about about Jesus and about the the, the gospel. Um, But if we look at Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 33, now I was going to get Mark to sing, but I think we'll spare you from (laughs) from all of that. Uh, But Luke in chapter 11, he says, No one after lighting a lamp puts it away in a cellar, nor under a basket, but on the lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. You see, when you, when you have a light, the, the reason you have it is to shine it, is to use it, is to, uh, is to reveal what is hidden and what is in the dark. He goes on to say, "...the eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, your whole body also is full of light. When it is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Watch out that the light in you is not darkness." And so when we have the light of Jesus Christ living in us, it should be evident, it should be clear. People should look at our life and say there's something different, there's something going on in this person's life that, that they stand out. Remember we talked about this radiance and it's not just a dull light but it is a bright light that cannot be ignored. And so if we have the light of Jesus Christ living in us, then our light should not be ignored either. And we should resist that temptation to hide the truth of the gospel because we don't wanna make people uncomfortable. Um, because what are, we, what are we afraid of? That we're gonna be rejected by our family? Um, I, I think it would be uh, so much greater for us to speak the truth and to have our family understand the truth about who we are and who Jesus Christ is. And if they reject him, uh, then at the very least, we've done our job to proclaim the light to them, like we're called to do.
1: Yeah. Verse 36 wanted to add to that because it says, if therefore your whole body is full of light with no dark part in it, it will be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines, uh you with its rays. Like you're going to shine so bright when there's no darkness in you. Mm-hmm. I always think about a flashlight, you know, and I don't know if it's in your house but it's always in my house. Anytime I need a flashlight, it is like legit right to the end of the battery life. Yeah. So I click on the light and I know my kids have been playing with the light because well, one, I need it. Yeah. And the second part is that um, they've been doing something with it that the batteries are not full. But when I put the batteries, brand new batteries in there, mm-hmm. um, what I love to do with a flashlight that has brand new batteries is go out at night Mm -hmm. and see how uh, high that beam can go into the sky. And this is what it's like if there's no darkness in you uh, and you're going to shine so much brighter Mm -hmm. for Jesus that it reminds me of when I was working in high school programs and uh, with teenagers. I would go in and we would... Uh, run impact groups in the schools and we would have Bible study and used to, I used to have to bring pizza to draw the kids into the impact program. And what ended up happening was when all the kids got into the impact program, there'd be you know 100 kids in there or something. and they'd look at each other and they'd, they'd stare at each other and then when I would get back to youth group on the Friday night after we had impact Friday afternoon, the, the students who were in my youth group would come to me and say, I had no idea so-and-so was a Christian. Mm. Like, their light did not shine as yeah. though they were a, a Christian person. Right. There there was some, some crumbling and crushing due to the pressures of the darkness of this world that mm-hmm. they didn't want to show that they were truly children of light because, wow, the reputation you might have or the persecution you might face. Yeah. Um, is probably even worse now than it was when I was a youth worker um, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that we're called to really shine that light bright. And uh, as we were getting ready to record this, uh, I gave you a Bible reference. And what was your your point to me about um, Peter? What Would you say to me about Peter
2: that I, I wasn't surprised that Mark was bringing us to the to the letters of Peter. Yeah,
1: I mean, I love the Book of Peter, First uh, Peter, and uh, one of my key verses in in First uh, uh, Peter chapter two, and I wanted to bring this out because it it wraps us back so well. Is uh, he says in two nine, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you mo- may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. This right here gives us our purpose in this Christmas season, mm-hmm. is our job is to proclaim Jesus Christ because he took us out of darkness and brought us into light. Mm-hmm. What does that look like, you know? How do I do that around the dining room table with my family at Christmas who are unsaved? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts?
2: I don't know. I think, I think sometimes you, you insist on praying, or you just ask. Do you mind if I if I pray for this meal? You take the opportunities uh, that you have. It doesn't have to be confrontational. It doesn't have to be um, trying to set things to set things right. Um, the The thing about light in darkness is that uh, it attracts people. It attracts things. Whenever. Um, you know, if, there's, if it's a dark place or a dark room and if there is a small bit of light, then people are going to be drawn towards it. And so if all you can do is to just be kind to people in your family who are not kind to you, if you can just be a, a, a positive uh, and, a, and a good source of light in a, in a family that is, that is darkened, um, you don't have to save everybody tomorrow. Um, that's not your responsibility, but you are to be that light in that darkness. If opportunity is there, take the opportunity. But sometimes we have to just simply uh, go out of our way uh, to show the love of Jesus Christ. I remember James McDonald uh, once did a
1: um, sermon on evangelism, Mm. and uh, he talked about two types of evangelism. He talked about red apple evangelism and green apple evangelism. Now, we have to preface this, because the Granny Smith is green. Mm. But what he was indicating was red apples are ripe apples. Mm-hmm. They're ready to be picked off the tree. Green apples, not Granny Smith, mm-hmm. but green apples that are not ripe need more time on the tree before you pick them and harvest them. Right. I believe the same can be said when it comes to evangelism. Mm -hmm. The Bible is clear that no man uh, comes to God unless God draws him to them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The Holy Spirit has to be at work in the individual's life. I think it's important for us to be looking for red apples. And maybe there's red apples in our family that Mm -hmm. we need to be looking for, opportunities to share the gospel. Now, let me preface this by two things. First, I believe that it is very important for us to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness into light. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? I believe it's simply this, that we share our life story, that we share about what our life was like before Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. that we talk about the life in darkness and the difference of our life in the light. Mm -hmm. But we also talk about how we got into the light through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So if we proclaim the excellencies of Him, we proclaim Jesus and the work that He's done in our life. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to end with this point, which is very important for us as we move forward. It is the question, what if... I'm too afraid to share the gospel with my friends, with my family, and my loved ones, because I fear, direct, I fear rejection. While I want to bring us to the Apostle Paul, and Paul, in 1 Corinthians, this is what he wrote. He says, When I came to you, brethren, this is chapter 2, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. Well, let's look at that for a minute and what it is. First, he didn't come with great power, with great presentation. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't per, you know, worried about what his presentation was like. Let's put it this way. It wasn't perfectly formatted into a three-point Baptist sermon. Mm-hmm. Superiority of speech. Or with all the wisdom and knowledge. Meaning... What if they have a question about the Bible that I can't answer? Well, I'm fairly confident that when Paul went to places, there were things in the Bible that he may not have been fully able to answer. Mm -hmm. Like, what's going to exactly happen to me after I die? Yeah. Paul was a really good scholar, but there are certain questions that we have no idea Mm -hmm. until we stand in the presence of God. We just know that... You know, as he described it, it's an eternal weight of glory. Mm -hmm. It's a really good, lot of good stuff for a really long time. That's how he described it. But look what he said. He said, I didn't come with a speech, a speecher of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God, which is what God did in his life through the work on the cross. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. This is what blows me away. He said, this is the apostle Paul. Now, Derek, you know, as a good Bible study student, that Paul wrote half the New Testament. Yeah. He was able to take the gospel to so many different places. Mm-hmm. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten and all these things. This is the Apostle Paul writing this in Second in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Mm-hmm. My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Mm -hmm. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit at work in the life of Paul, giving him the words he needs, giving him the courage he needs, giving him the strength to be able to share what? The excellencies of him who called him out Mm -hmm. of darkness into marvelous light. If we wanted and we don't have time, we could trace all the way through the book of Acts, and we would see the same thing, mm-hmm. that when Paul shared his testimony, he shared his story of what God did in his life, mm-hmm. and people were saved. So is
2: that not what we are called to do now? Yeah, and Christmas is a great time because you can, you can just reminisce. You can think about, remember when you know Christmas 20 years ago, or you can look at pictures and you can even say, oh, that was a time before before Jesus Christ. That was a time in my life before I was saved. You know, I really feel like I'm so different from when, from, from who I used to be. And this is how I think that God has changed my life. And it, it doesn't have, you don't have to sit everyone down. It doesn't have to be a sermon. It can, and like all that Paul brought, he said, the only thing that I need to know is who Jesus is and what he accomplished for me, and then um, it wasn't about his fancy words. It wasn't, he doesn't even say he was, he says he wasn't even persuasive in his wisdom. He wasn't even uh, good at persuading people to think like he did. All he did was share, this is what Jesus Christ did for me. And he allowed the Holy Spirit to work in the, in the life of those people. And sometimes that's all we have is Jesus Christ, how he has changed my life and how he can do the same for you.
1: And this is the most important thing for us to know. If we know that it's the Holy Spirit at work in us, and it's the words of Jesus Christ, and it's the actions of Jesus Christ, it takes the pressure off us Mm -hmm. that we pray and we ask God to show us who those red apples are. Mm -hmm. And we have conversations about what the Lord has done in our life. The other end of that is that I can almost guarantee if you shine bright enough with the light of Christ in your life, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: people will ask you about that light. Mm -hmm. And that is the best opportunity Mm -hmm. for you to be able to share. So here's my challenge as we wrap up the podcast and our last podcast for this year, is does your light shine bright enough that others see Jesus in you? And the second is this, do you have the courage through the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into light? Go out and share the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ with all those who are ready to hear. Ask God to show you who those red apples are so that seed doesn't fall on pavement and doesn't plant. That's our prayer from you, and Derek and I, we wanna both, again, wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's pray.
2: Gracious Almighty God, we thank you for the journey that we could take through this Advent season, um, this time of waiting and anticipating uh, the arrival of you in your Son, Jesus Christ. Um, We are so grateful for this time uh, of year when we can uh, spend time t- with with family, but also uh, spend time focusing on the love that you have shown us in your Son Jesus Christ. I pray that as we um, today and tomorrow, as we go and spend time with our families, as we uh, worship you in our in our church services, Almighty God, I pray that we will uh, we will just shine the light of your Son in our life. I pray that we will have. Uh, chances and opportunities to share about what Jesus Christ has done in our life with the people that we love, that we care about. Almighty God, I pray that you will be with us and that you will go with us as we um, have been called and as we now go to proclaim your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this all in his holy name. Amen.
0: For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, Visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877